0: Hello, you're listening to the Coffee and Books and Movies podcast. I'm your host, Scott, where we talk about everything under the sun. I uh, figured we'd continue with today's theme of sports, and we're going to talk today about uh, my one of my favorite soccer teams, Nashville SC. They played in the League's Cup tournament today. We're going to talk all about them. Uh, so needless to say, we're going to be talking about the big game that just happened that just ended. Um, and before we get into all of that, I want to say, if you haven't already hit like or subscribe, be sure to share with your friends, uh, tell a stranger about me. I don't care. I do this podcast for fun. I like to talk about different things and that's why I like it. Cause I get to share stuff with you guys randomly. All right. So Nashville SC is a soccer club that plays in the United States, of course, in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, They're part of Major League Soccer, uh, which is a North American league uh, where basically Canada and the United States play different soccer matches together. Um, It is the 27th strongest league in the world, meaning that there are many, many other leagues that are more famous and powerful and have superstars, but this was the first, I guess you could say, maybe not even the first, but one of the early attempts of getting soccer to be a major sport to watch in the United States. Um, This league has been around, I believe, since the 90s. Um, It is really incredible to watch. Uh, There's a lot of highlights. A lot of famous players from Europe have come over and played in the United States. Uh, Some of these you might know, like David Beckham and Wayne Rooney and Of course, most recently, Lionel Messi, uh, who was just playing against us for a team called Inter-Miami, which is owned by David Beckham. It's a whole thing, how they got him over here. But anyway, before we can go into all that, we kind of have to talk about Nashville, then we got to talk about Miami, then we got to talk about the game. So first, let's talk about Nashville. Uh, Teams existed since uh, 2020. So it's very, very new. It's in its infancy, I guess you could say. Uh, you know, it has a really large, nice, well-built outdoor stadium specific for soccer st- uh, seating. It's the, I believe, the largest outdoor soccer-specific stadium. Uh, it consistently sells out to a routine crowd of about thirty thousand people. Uh, games are pretty fairly regularly. Uh, meaning that any time between the months of February to October to maybe, I, well, usually let's say late October, maybe even November, there is the possibility of seeing soccer. Um, so, yay! Good deal. Get to watch soccer for most of the year. Um, so, uh, Nashville SC has a great history of, you know, doing very well. Um, it has broken lots of records since it started. I believe one of the more famous records include having the most amount of ties in the season, which doesn't sound all that impressive, but when you realize that means they never lost at home, that's even more impressive. So anyway, uh, Nashville SC started three years ago, has signed some major players in the soccer world, most famously Walker Zimmerman, who is considered one of the best defensive players and athletes who play soccer in the U.S. There's also Hani Mukhtar, who um, is an incredible player who came from the Bundesliga, uh, you know, in Germany, uh, which is the German Soccer League, uh, came over here as our star player, a striker. Um, There's also many, many other players who I could talk about forever, but basically the most recent signings um, include uh, Schaffelberg, uh, Sam Surridge, uh, you know, there's just so many of them it's hard to even know where to start. But, But anyway... Those are just a few of my favorite players, but there's of course many and many others like Shaq Moore, uh, Anibal Godoy. Uh, these are all famous players who basically uh, have come here either through a series of just events that have led them to Nashville, or they were drafted by Nashville. Um, so yeah, they've had some really good seasons. They've made it to the playoffs uh, previously. I think they're aiming to be in the playoffs pretty. You know well into it as well. This, this year started out pretty strong, um, and then we had a downward spell until the signing of Sam Surridge, which has opened up a huge amount of options, which we're going to get to, but we're going to come back on that. So, Nashville, before we entered this tournament, signed Sam Surridge. He agreed, he came over from the Premier League, which is huge. Uh, he's from Nottingham Forest. Uh, you know, that is a big deal, even if he didn't get as much FaceTime there as he is, he's going to get a lot of FaceTime here. Um, he looks pretty incredible, so I was very excited about that signing, specifically after the last designated player, Nashville Sign, had flopped uh, pretty bad. So, anyway, that's the Nashville SC story. Now we got to talk about Inter-Miami, which is basically our twin. Basically, they were a team founded about three years ago, They were founded, and they're basically sister franchises. I call it a grand experiment to see how your team is doing compared to how my team is doing, and that's basically how it goes. Both teams had tremendous success and failures since the start of it three years ago, Uh, but basically Miami was very much so on the losing side of things until very recently. Uh, They signed a lot of well-known players as well, Uh, Most famously, Josef Martinez, and of course, uh, most recently, Lionel Messi. Um, But basically, Messi is considered one of the greatest athletes of all time. Uh, He's won like 40-something trophies. He's been in like multiple, multiple finals. Uh, You know, he most recently won the World Cup. Um, And we're going to talk about the game, of course, where they, Miami, had, uh, you know, won. Uh, So we're going to talk about that, you know, spoiler but, of course, at the end of the day, what you have to understand is that Messi is Messi, and even if he's an older player who's coming over to play in the United States, he's still very much at the top of his game, still scoring goals. Uh, it's very remarkable. Um, he's just having fun at this point and just enjoying being you know, in the United States playing soccer. So the reason why it's impressive, what you have to understand, is that Miami basically came out of the existence from David Beckham, who was one of the most famous soccer players to play in the United States, who had transferred over. Uh, It was a whole thing of how they were able to get him over here to the United States. Uh, And so basically the idea that David Beckham had was to build a team around one player similar to how when he joined here and that player was going to be Lionel Messi. And of course, you know, when Messi announced that he was no longer going to return to the team that he was on, there were many, many bids, uh, from different groups of people offering him lots and lots of money. Uh, rumor mill has it that he decided to come over to the United States, uh, for a wide variety of reasons, but I think it was a wise move. He's still getting paid a ridiculous amount of money. Um, and you know, basically, he'll own so much stock and investment in the MLS Major League Soccer organization. Uh, he makes a huge amount of money and profit off of his own jersey sales. Um, and not only that, all thirty-two teams had to combine together to pull the resources to sign Messi. So even if you know, you know, I don't actually, you know, get to have a major signing in Nashville, SC, I can at least say something along the caliber of, well, we all signed Messi, so therefore we can still take credit for him. Anyway, the Messi effect, or what I like to call the Messi effect, is that he came in immediately into this field of play and completely changed the game for Miami. Uh, They fired their head coach. They had a former Atlanta United head coach come in, uh, Martino, who had previously won the MLS Cup. Uh, So it was a really big deal to have him as a head coach and basically a really good team you know miami is fantastic because they had even though they've not had the best record they had players of some dynamic and you know just when messi came over he brought other people with him you know other players decided to look twice at miami and consider joining it so It really made the world of difference and Miami went from basically being a loser club to being a winning club overnight. And uh, yeah, so they entered a tournament with that attitude and basically walloped all of their opponents. Then you had Nashville. Now the reason why I think Nashville plays differently is that they did not have the same resources that Miami had. So for starters, Nashville doesn't have a signing like Lionel Messi. They do have designated players like Mukhtar and Sam Surge, uh, who are incredible, by the way. Um, You know, even if they are not Lionel Messi, they are still very gifted athletes. So, having said all of that, what you guys need to know is this. Nashville's SC played with a lot of heart. They did a fantastic job, and they overcame a large amount of obstacles, I would say, more so than Miami. Uh, for starters, they had to go directly th- first round through their rival Cincinnati, uh, you know, which is a very very top team right now as well. Uh, so that was the starting round. You know, they also had to play against different Mexican international teams, uh, such as Monterey and Club America and another MLS team, uh, you know, Minnesota United. Uh, so they had won all of those games. And, you know, even if they were, some of them were in shootouts, yes, but at the end of the day, Nashville won and got to the final. And I think it just goes to show that even though Nashville didn't have the same resources as Miami, they overcame a huge amount of gauntlets and showcased how much talent they have. The tournament was hosted in Nashville. Um, the ticket prices were very high, but how often do you get your team to see your team play in a final? So... At the end of the day, I'm going to say it was a win for Nashville, even if they didn't win the club tournament, because it was an incredibly close game. The game was tied 1-1, went into a penalty shootout, where basically every single player on the Miami and Nashville side had to shoot a goal. Um, And it came down to, not lying here, the goalkeepers to actually score on each other. And the Nashville soccer won or, you know, the national soccer goalkeeper uh, Panico as actually the one whose kick was blocked um, at the end of the day, uh, thereby losing the tournament. But the thing is, is that Panico played a huge, incredible game. Uh, He's a second-string goalie. Our goalie, uh, normally starter's name is Joe Willis. He had to, basically, had to leave for a family emergency. Panico came in and played a heck of a game. You know, he's playing against the greatest athlete of all time in this one or one of the greatest athletes of all time and not only that but he has an incredible like record you know it's like who do you start do you start at the end of the day you know this goalie you know who's been your starter for the last three years or do you start this other guy who's on fire i would start the guy who's on fire you know panico was doing what he does best you know he was standing up and definitely made people notice him because of this. You know, he may not have won the tournament, you know, and it may have been his kick that did not win it, but, you know, there were opportunities galore for both teams to win this tournament. And, you know, in dramatic fashion, it went to the shootout, and it was just two and a half hours of basically pure bliss of soccer madness. And I would say it's probably one of the top soccer games I've ever seen in my entire life. Having said all that, I will say I wish Nashville had put that enthusiasm more into other tournaments that we've previously been in. But this gives me the good feeling that we're on the right path now and that maybe, maybe we'll actually do better in the playoffs and have more games at home. And it's just, it looks like it's a good sign for the future. You know, like even though we didn't win, even though it came down to basically uh, a goalie missing a shot on a goal. You know, I I would argue and say that this was one of the greatest soccer matches in North American history, especially for both clubs. Um, and yeah, that was my review of that soccer game. That's the League's Cup. It's the equivalent of basically, you know, the Super Bowl, but for soccer. Um, anyway, just thought you guys ought to know that. Um, and uh, yeah, that's the bonus episode for today. So thanks for listening.